Hey everybody, welcome to Maximum Libertarian. I am Brian. I'm joined today with uh, Chef Lily. Uh, how's it going? Good, how are you? Wonderful. Well, I guess with all, since the last time we've done this, we've had a new governor elected here in the state of Virginia. Yes. Uh, with Glenn Youngkin. And um, I guess he's fallen into some trouble. Uh, Controversy. Yeah, because he is not going to issue any mandates or uh, against the max or vaccine that is very similar to what they've done in like Texas and Florida. He's going to leave it up to localities. Um, so in turn, a lot of people are feeling upset and betrayed because he's not going in there and trying to help the students out in the uh, schools. So what do you think about that? Well, I feel like we got to look at it a different way. So, um, for the last 12 years, we have been um, under the democratic uh, rule, and we have been literally bullied by 13 counties for like forever. Now, when I say the 13 counties, these counties have a mass population, and they're massively democratic. So a lot of the stuff that is being voted on for the past like 10 years have been really affected by these 13 counties that seem to be bullying and ruling Virginia. Now, when you were sharing with me what was happening, what my thoughts were was he's coming in here. He doesn't want to be a dictator and he doesn't want to, um, he wants people to have their own lives and like less government kind of less ruling and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if I will, I'm not going to bash him because first of all, he's not our governor yet. Um, but there's, there's a lot of power. And I think what he was trying to do is like what, um, uh, Santos and Florida is doing, you know, it, he's like, uh, governor Santos wants to step back and allow the people to make their decisions. Do not rely on the government. Do not rely on the state. You know, um, with the schools and stuff like that, I don't, I still think it's up to the parents and what their decisions are and stuff like that. I know a lot of colleges here on our side of Virginia will say you can attend our schools without being vaccinated. Now, I don't know what the story was on UVA with the 49 students, um, if they were actually kicked out of the university and not refunded their money. But I do feel if um, people are becoming more bold, so, and there's how many, like, I think there's like 39 lawsuits now uh, against President, oh, I can't even say that, uh, the former vice president uh, has about, I think, 39 cases about the mandate not being, um, you're not able to do that. And a, a lot of the circuit, uh, judges and stuff like that are saying, no, this is unconstitutional. You cannot do this. And I feel that the new governor is, well, first of all, he's not our governor yet, but um, I feel that he wants to rule kind of like Santos and allow the freedoms of companies and of other people to make the decisions because for the last, what, I think we're up to almost 700 days of the, uh, 15 days to curb the uh, virus. So I feel like before we throw in the towel, before he even gets inaugurated, 
that we should just stand by and wait because I feel that uh, when we met him, because uh, we both met the governor-elect and um, seemed like a pretty good guy, you know? Mm-hmm. But, of course, you can always want to seem like a good person when you're trying to get people's votes, right? Right. But I just feel that uh, not going to throw in the towel, not going to say anything too derogatory, because I feel that um, if you want us to be able to make our own decisions, I'm really down for that. And as a former business owner, I feel that mandating vaccines or mandating to wear a mask and all this other stuff is it's just bs and if i had my business would still be in florida but um it would just i would i wouldn't care about anybody's vaccination your health is your business not mine and uh once the government is trying to slither in like a snake and like dictate everything and it's just like no I would be totally laid back about that. And I wouldn't tell people ever as a business owner to put on a mask because as a business owner, I cannot legally tell you to do anything. And there's a lot of people that think that business owners have this power and it's like, um, that's the other side of the fence telling you that you have this power in reality with laws and regulations and stuff like that, especially owning my own restaurant, there's just things that I cannot mandate. I cannot tell my employees. I can tell them um, these are the uniforms that you need to wear if you want to be employed, but I cannot tell you that you have to buy them from this company. So there's like, I ha- I can tell you things, but I cannot like, or like I can't tell you, I can tell you the rules and regulations and I can enforce them, but I can't dictate to you. I guess is the way I kind of say that. So I knew I know um, with our new governor to be elect. Um, I don't. I feel that he really wants Virginians to think for themselves again, to give that power that we took or the Democrats took away. He wants to slowly give that back to us. Well. I think by him not coming out would be more forceful with his, the mask and vaccine mandates that leaves localities the ability, such as here in Roanoke City, they're able to say to me, well, you're going to have to wear a mask, you're going to have to take the vaccination, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he needs to be more bold, and I would like to have seen him made something more where businesses aren't allowed to restrict you from going into restaurants, uh, and I would like to see it like with airliners uh, forcing you. I mean, that's against the law, but the way, and the government knows that. Yes. But what they're doing is they're using the businesses to uh, go around the Constitution. Now, they're doing that because they're the ones that have the purse. So the small businesses need, because you closed me down for so many months, You took everything, like all my savings, everything is gone. Now you are telling me to do this. So if I mandate things and if we do, if we even start doing a passport crap um, or vaccination cards or whatever, um, they're doing that to the small businesses because they hold the purse 
and if we follow their rules, they'll give us money, and so we can remain open. And I feel like, as a business owner, I feel that fear. If we don't follow these rules, we're not going to get these grants. I need these grants because I'm so far behind this, this, and this, and I need help. Oh, frick it, my refrigerator just broke, and now i got to buy a new refrigerator and all this other stuff. And if anybody out there doesn't know, a refrigerator for a commercial business is almost 13000 to $26,000 to replace one refrigerator. That's a lot of money, and that's that could be a grant. And with the farmers and stuff like that, um, I've already heard that the farmers are actually on the third round of grants, which is kind of cool. And um, I'm glad that the person, uh, one of the farmers sued because they were saying all the grants should go to black farmers. And they actually won that lawsuit. So everybody is on an equal playing field. It doesn't matter the color of your skin, your background, or you own a farm for two days versus you own a farm for like six generations kind of deal so that was kind of cool um yeah i just i feel like we got to give them a chance um i feel like if we i feel like we may have a door way to talk to him like he'll listen to us versus like the other guy i don't even want to say his wretched name um we don't know if he was blackface or KKK. Now, I think you darn well know what you did in college or whatever. But he had to have had his people sit there and look at the picture and then do a study. Right. Which one is it going to look bad? Which one would be the worst? If I say I'm blackface or if I'm wearing a Ku Klux Klan outfit. <laughs> you know, you, that has to be what, what type of conversation. Because you know they did that type of... Um, you know, where they bring people, yeah, they like to, they evaluate, have that uh, control study come in with different people. All right, well, if we say the governor was this, what do you think of him? And what do you think about, but, you know, and I wonder how much that played into uh, Terry McAuliffe losing, because I know it wasn't forefront, you know, because a lot of other things had become forefront, like, well, Terry McAuliffe, making his statements and things of that nature, uh, the whole Joe Biden. Uh, but I still wonder how much Northrum's past, because that wasn't like people were celebrating it. No. And so in turn, I wonder how much was people go, you know what, this guy's backing Terry McAuliffe, and I don't like this guy, you know. Well, the other guy that was running uh, for Virginia governor... Don't want to mention his name, but Brian has already said it like 10 times. But um, what I wanted to say, Mr. Libertarian said like 10 times. Um, what I really, when you get up and you are debating and you just flat out say the parents do not have a right to dictate to the schools what they should teach, and you got to sit back, and if you're a smart and intelligent person, like I know all of you are, you're thinking, I pay taxes for this education school. Anybody that wins the Virginia lottery, they pay that Virginia lottery tax money goes into the schools as well, allegedly. And then it's like, we fund the school system here. And it's like, you're going to tell me I can't dictate or I can't have my opinions or voice heard 
and now you're going to put me on an FBI list and you're going to have the FBI follow me if I make a statement that is against all of what you believe in. Um, I just think that's totally ridiculous. But uh, that's why I think that other guy, we just had enough. Our governor now is really a dictator. So there was photos of him partying, just like the governor of California, Newsom, just like the uh, mayor of Chicago. I mean, I can, there's a long list of Democrats that go out partying with no mask on and in restaurants and, and going on freaking trains and stuff like that. I think it was Newsom with the train. Um, but anyway, or Northam, excuse me, Newsom is California. Um, but, ooh, they both start with ends. But anyway, um, never again, right? But what was really crazy was about this way of Virginia. I feel like all of the people that have been living here for a long time was just done with the, uh, I don't know if they're satanic. I don't know if they're lizard people. I don't know what these people that are in charge of. Their mentality is just so different. And it's like, there's no way I can just sit here and find common ground. Like, I, I don't have the ability to do that. It's like, my brain is totally different and on a different wavelength than you guys are. But when you tell a mother that, you know, you need to have your kid mask, you need to have a kid vaccinated and all this other stuff, when now reports have come out, the vaccine doesn't even work. It's, it's garbage. The percentage... And I didn't know that the whole vaccine was riding on veterans. Didn't even know that. Just found that out from a governor or congressman, uh, Ron Paul. Ron, how do you say his name? Who, Ron Paul? No, that's his father. What's his Rand name? Paul. Rand Paul. That's senator. Yeah. Um, what did I say, congressman? Yeah. Oh, sorry, senator. Boy, I'm doing really bad today. But anyway, he just basically set out that it was the veterans that they test tubed all of us, which uh, I feel like that is our job almost. Like the military, they uh, did experiments on us and stuff like that. I don't know if anybody knows what SHAD experiment was. S-H-A-D experiment. Um, <laughs> that was the army experimenting on the Navy ships on gases, on how, um, how would we react if anything like bio-warfare or anything like that, airborne chemicals and stuff like that. So I guess they didn't learn too much in Vietnam when they did the Agent Orange. Right. But uh, they did, oh, I'm telling you, things I know. But anyway, I uh, just want to think that the governor that was running against um, our elect governor now um, didn't have a chance because nobody backs uh, openly and publicly creepy our president now, allegedly our president. And nobody backs up Kamala. Now, I don't know if you heard, um, they're trying to get her out. I've heard that. And they want her to be on the Supreme Court justice. Now, I haven't heard that part. They're going to do the big switch warning. Um, because... Everybody on our, I shouldn't say our side, everybody that likes 
liberty, patriotic in America, the foundation of our principles of freedom, um, we're going to say something that they fire the first black woman ever to be vice president, uh, half Indian, half Jamaican, immigrant uh, background and stuff like that. I just feel like that's really interesting how they want to boot her out. Then Why they picked her makes absolutely no sense. She didn't get no uh, delegates. Um, she was she was not popular. Uh, she her she was sunk by Tulsi Gabbard in the first debate. Yes, and they picked her of all people. And remember that fight that they had with Joe? Yeah, calling him a racist. Mm -hmm. And why did she join up with him if he was such a big racist? I think that's disgusting. Um, so now you've got two people, an unpopular vice president. I don't know what they were thinking when they picked her. They just wanted a woman of color, I guess. But there's a lot of women of color you could have picked. Them. Okay, I, you know, mm -hmm. that would have made more sense. Example, Tulsi Gabbard would have came out very well because there was a lot of people that liked her. But uh, now I think her economic stuff's just, you know, driving off a cliff, but that, that's a whole nother story. But foreign policy, she's a veteran. She's she's actually put her money where her mouth is. She's been there. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, but be it here or there. Um, yeah, and I've, all I've heard is that they were talking about removing her from the vice presidency. Well, I thought they um, would remove her because she's done absolutely... <gasps> Oh. Oh my gosh, do you want to break that news? Yeah. We got breaking news. Break so, it, break it, break it, break it. Kyle break Rittenauer has come off as not guilty on all accounts. Hallelujah, praise the Lord Jesus. Now, what's going to be interesting is what's going to happen. Yeah, because the National Guard is on standby. Yeah. In another city. Mm -hmm. Wow. Oh my gosh, this is a topic I really want to talk about. So it says Mr. Libertarian. Cal Rittenauer acquitted of all charges in Kenosha shootings. Um, oh, God is good. He'll see. He was acquitted of all charges on Friday trial for shooting three people, killing two in Kenosha. Let's see. Broke down in tears, nearly collapsed. His jury announced they had found him not guilty of all charges. He had five charges, five counts, including charges of first-degree reckless homicide. It was almost, let's say, I don't know if you watched any, now, not that I was, like, just into this um, oh, I was. account, but oh, I was I've never too. seen, I've never seen a prosecution. I mean, they were horrible. Yes. Like, like they were doing stuff that was completely, like, they were getting yelled at, and you were, I mean, it was a, it was a madhouse. So it was almost like, they set him up like they they put the worst guy in there to well, the uh, all, make sure he wins. First of all, Kyle is not a white man. He is Hispanic and white. So when you wanted to throw that racial stuff, he is a minority as well. So I just wanted to put that out because a lot of people didn't even know that his father was Hispanic and his mom is white. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you want to put race and say it's always, you know, minority, blah, 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 blah. And then I didn't know that a lot of people thought that Kyle shot black people when all the people that he shot was in defense because he got hit in the head with a skateboard. 
I remember seeing that shot live, like live streaming. I saw that. I can't remember if it was Twitter, what it, or not Twitter, Twitch or something. I saw that video downloaded, right? And then when every, okay, so every woman that has a son, we want to raise them and love them and, you know, they're beautiful. They're beautiful. Having children is a beautiful thing. But I could not fathom being his mother and listening to these people saying that our, my son murdered these people and all this other stuff. When, in fact, all the videos showed in so many details that everything was self-defense. But the one thing that we didn't talk about was why is the FBI filming um, with these drones? Why would they even be there? Because they planned the riots? Are they with uh, George Soros? I mean, what are they, how was that even possible? Like, to me, if we're having riots and stuff like that, right, what you would want everybody on board, right? Mm -hmm. But this wasn't even happening in the aspect of what was happening in the summers uh, months with all the Black Lives Matter uh, beating down windows, burning courthouses, doing all this destruction, right? Well, uh, it was last yesterday, they found and they were trying to pick up the bricks, right? Somebody, and nobody knows how these bricks appeared. They're bricks in pallets. Okay, so, let me explain something. I, I do a lot of brick masonry, and I got two pallets of bricks in my house right now. And these pallets of bricks are about maybe 200 pieces each. So that's 400 bricks, okay? And when they said that they were, you know, placed and da 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 well, in D.C., with the, um, some of the... Uh, riots that they had in 2016 uh when president trump was his inauguration i can't say that word how do you say it inauguration yes uh when that happened there were mysteriously pallets of bricks ready to be thrown and a lot of people that you know were very happy but couldn't go into the area where President Trump was being sworn in. They were like on the outskirts. They were being set on fire. They were being beaten uh, with sticks. And I don't know if anybody was hit with a brick or not, so I'm not going to say that. Um, but the, all of this happened, right? But nobody was killed. But there was like 16, I think it was, maybe less or maybe more, that were hospitalized for the beating that they got just to be where President Trump was being sworn in at. And I didn't even hear that in the news. And it was, I, I don't know if I heard it from Street, Stephen Crowder or if I heard it from Salty Cracker. But these are the two uh, people that I listen to about the news and stuff like that. But Kyle was 17 years old. Okay, I will talk from my experience of being in the military for a million zillion years, okay? I can handle a pistol way better than I, I mean, I am not going to be humble about this. I can hit a target any which way or direction I am at. I can um, disarm my whole entire weapon with a blindfold, put it back in together, and put my um, uh, a bullet in the chamber and be ready to fire, right? I can take it all apart, can put it all together, 
and it was something that was a challenge and I like doing that. So therefore I have a lot, a lot of training on weapons and I love guns and I never use guns per se for hunting. I used a bow and arrow for hunting, but, um, all the, all the weapons and stuff like that. I was a, like, I think I, my first time I ever shot a gun, I was six years old or seven. And that was under the supervising of my father, my uncle, my grandfather, both my male cousins and my sister. So we were all there. Right. And, uh, so having, that training from six all the way up to, I'm not going to tell you how old I am now, but all the training on the, on the pistol, not, no, I'm not talking about AR-15s or anything like that. There's no human way possible. And I have a million hours on the gun ranges and a million hours in scenario training and all this training that I had. There's no humanly way. I could have shot a man in the arm and that's it. That boy that was 17 year old, Kyle had so much gun control and he was the only person in this United States at that moment that should have had that gun. Um, when he was in, there's so many videos of him running away from that child molester that has literally dated women that had sons so he could molest them and we don't care about that because I guess that's not a big deal but as a mother or as a woman I do care about that tremendously right these children are being molested and then you have Kyle that's being raised and he wants you know he works with the fire department he volunteers with the fire department he volunteers and, and does the, with the EMTs and like, this is a lot of uh, knowledge and a lot of uh, energy and stuff like that that goes towards the community. And because I love my community as well, um, I would, well, I'm not gonna ever be a firefighter because I am very short. <laughs> I'm strong, but I am not, no, like six feet three, you know, what, 200 some pounds or something like that? No, that's not me. But um, what I what I saw in his control, in his calmness, and then the one thing that nobody ever really mentioned was he turned himself in to the police. Look, everything you're saying is right. My, the one thing I would like to know is, and I, if I owned the car dealership that he went there for, to protect the last person I'm going to call is my 17 year old niece mm. all right I'm not calling I'm going to hire security forces mm -hmm. and not hire a kid now if it was if, if he was never hired if he was some but be here there he was yeah. brought in they called him up and asked him to come for help protect it now had he just been there to be the EMT cool don't, I don't want him to have a gun. I want him to stand up, stay on this perimeter. And if they follow, you don't walk the street. You don't need to. Now, I know he went over there and they were pushing that fire. The, the, they called a trash dumpster on fire and was pushing it towards the gas pumps. Yeah. All right. That, I mean, look, there were some bad people up there. The guy who he shot in the arm, not um, 
he came from 51 miles away. So it wasn't like Cal came in to be a, a, a superhero and this guy was just a local. He drove in to cause trouble too. And uh, But I would like to know why, like if my niece was to say, hey, Brian, can you give me a, a, a lift? I'm going to go over here to this riot that's going on so no, I can protect that's not what the, happened. That's not what happened. His mom gave him a lift over there. Yes. So why would you do that? Because she's an awesome mom. So oh, yeah, what, that's awesome, all right. Yeah. Well, you think I'm going to leave, leave, take my 16-year-old niece, and then I'm going to pack... What does she do? Does she just drop them off and go home? So Just she, give mom a call, and I'll pick you up here in front of the 7-Eleven. Is that what she said to him? No. So this is what happened, um, listening to his testimony and what the trial said, because I was glued to the TV. Um, first of all, his father lived in that town. In Indiana, yes. Uh -huh. right? And he was employed in that town as well. Mm -hmm. And what he did prior was um, somebody asked him for help to wash the graffiti. Um, and, does any, and then people asked, hey, does anybody have any medical training? Because this might get crazy tonight. And um, he was like, he volunteered. And um, you can say whatever you want, 16, 17. I joined the United States Navy at seven fucking teen years old. Okay, so we're not going to get all tit-tat for age because I know I'm pretty mature at the age of 17. Well, I knew at the age of nine that I was going into the Navy. So that part is like whatever. Um, even in high school, uh, I was on the rifle team and stuff like that for shooting. Um, on some parts of Virginia, we're still cool with guns. Not everybody's cool anymore with it because all the mass shootings in schools because we have a couple of retarded people, but that's all right. But anyway, um, so he first went over uh, to do graffiti cleaning, to clean up the trash. I, I didn't know how much trash was on the street. Like they have pictures of him. And I was like, what the heck? How many bags of trash was there? But anyway, so he was there during the day. And then he was basically asked to stay there into the night. And he said, yes, I will. And it wasn't just Kyle all by himself. And it wasn't just four people. There was like about maybe 50 in total. And they were divided into teams. And some were in top of the buildings. And some people were, you know, well, I don't know where everybody else was. But I just know where Kyle was at. And I understand how he felt about... America and how he felt about his town and how he felt about you know protecting his family and his friends in that community and I think it was he was a little bit pissed because uh, seeing everything that's on fire and then now you're gonna bring it to my town oh no so I look at him as not a hero but as somebody I highly would respect and um, I don't know if Gates was saying that he wants to hire him, uh, I guess, in Florida to work in Congress because it took a lot of, uh, you know, courage to do what he did. But he was rendering aid, and it was just awesome. And when I was listening to um, not just the rebuttals, but the whole entire trial and how they're trying to say, oh, you're not EMT, you know, certified and all this other stuff, and then you bring out a weapon and you hold it to the jury with a finger into uh, where the trigger is at. 
and you want me to respect you and you, and you don't even know anything about a gun. You don't even know how to hold it. You don't even know, you know, and you have no respect for what you're even saying when it comes to the actual, you know, uh, this is how you were holding a weapon, da, 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 right? And they tried to tell people that he was right-handed and then he was left-handed and then he was right-handed again. And it was just like, okay, this is so like far out with all the uh, the actual knowledge, but it was really a, a very interesting trial. Now, what one thing that was really interesting was they didn't think that they were going to be caught by the timestamps. Okay, so any video, even podcasts, even anything that's electronically done over the internet or videos, especially from the very beginning, has little timestamps, right? But when you email it or text it, it has another timestamp, right? And during one, like the last day, right? The, the, uh, I think it was, uh, forgot what that guy's name was. He tried to do a slip, a sleek, uh, mischief kind of snaky move. And he was giving the juries, right, another video. Like he just slid it into the evidence. And the defense was like, wait, we didn't even see this video. What is this? And then the other thing that was really crazy was when the female that was on Kyle's team said, wait, you sent me in this and they were trying to say Dropbox, and then they were trying to do phones. I mean, it was just a hot mess. But she said, notice something, that one video that they said, look, I'm just going to make up a number because I can't remember what it was exactly, was 4 minutes and 20 seconds. Then the Dropbox video was 4 minutes and 13 seconds, right? And she's like, I want you to know that we know that these are two different tapes that you cut off or you edited it. And these are the timestamps that you did it and stuff like that. And the guy just looked at it like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen, right? But then it was like um, the judge came out and said, you know, there's no more reporters coming. We just got word that a reporter from like NBC, I think it was. I can't, don't like, uh, I, I think it's NBC. I don't know. Don't quote me there. But they were chasing the bus that had all the juries on it because they wanted the names and the pictures and stuff like that. So uh, BML and Antifa or whoever, you know, wants to destroy their lives, they got pictures, they got names, they got phone numbers and all this other stuff, right? And it was just bizarre. But not even like 20 hours prior to that, one of the... Uh, one, I forgot how he was connected to all of this, but a guy goes on, I think it was like Twitter or Instagram, and they were doing like an online video, right, streaming, and he says that, oh, don't you worry, we got people on the inside filming everybody, taking photos, and so we're going to know all the juries and stuff like that. Well, that's a felony following a jury um, on a case that's a felony and what was really crazy is um, 
all the videos showing that it was self-defense, right? All the videos that the FBI had. Now, the FBI was holding information over a year and some months. Now, this would have never gone to trial, would never have happened if the FBI just gave the information from the beginning and said, no, this is self-defense. So I, this is, I truly honestly feel that the FBI should be no more. They have proven so many times since 2015 to present that they're just, it, it's no longer, oh, the, the uh, what is it? Not the high uh, uppers, but it's everybody in the FBI. It's been proven now. Like if you're going to, oh, and then the mother got a little visit from the FBI too. And it was just like, wait, um, you're on trial or your son is on trial. What do you have to say to the FBI? I mean, all this stuff just came out and then like right at the end, more things were coming out and we're all just, well, I know a couple of my girlfriends and I, because we're all Navy, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> we're all glued and we're all texting each other. Wait, wait, did, did she just say one video was longer than the other and that they were all timestamped different times? Isn't that interesting, right? And then it was like, uh, one of my girlfriends didn't even know that um, the guy that was killed was actually a pedophile and that he would date women that had young boys so he could molest them and rape them. And then uh, another one of my friends didn't know that every per if he was a white supremacist, he's the worst one on the earth because everyone that he protected himself from was actually white. None of them were minorities. None of them were black, not, you know, nothing like that. So when all of this went like everything, they were throwing things at the wall and praying that it would stick and, and nothing did. But what was really crazy was the FBI lied in this court case. They said they lost the footage, right? That, oh, we don't have that footage anymore. We deleted it, I think they said. And then mysteriously, like four hours later, oh, we found it. Here it is. And it was like, really? Is this the edited version or the real version? Right. right. Okay, so that's my side, and that's how I feel. I'm so grateful. Thanks, praise God that Kyle is going. Now I feel his next step is to sue um, every single news station, CNN. Every there's a uh, there's a lawyer who talked about if he can if you can sue for defamation, and they said if you're in trial, it's hard to sue anyone because they're because they can say that we were reporting what was being said. Yeah. I, I think it, so I don't know he might try to sue. I don't know I, if, so. I don't know if he would really get anywhere where like that guy uh, Nicholas Sandman's uh, the who the Native American was beating the drum and yes. they, and then they 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 did a lot of stuff and they really made that kid. They made him a multimillionaire. I think 250 million dollars from what I was reading in one report. But um, oh, it was because he sued. Yeah, and, you can't tell you. How and much like, he look, that's I was glad he did because they really did paint that in a bad, bad light. And, and in turn, think, what if he wanted to go to college? They're right. just going to play that and say, "No, you're not welcome. You're right. too conservative." It, it's <laughs> silly. Uh, but no. this is where it makes me question. Mm -hmm. And I started thinking about this the other day. Uh, 
with freedom of the press is the right route to go. I mean, the press should be holding our elected officials' feet to the fire for things. But when they are being so complicit to ginning up the wars, they are complicit for uh, keeping, um, look, look at the way that they're reporting the Kyle Rittenauer thing. They're making race, ma making it very racial. Um, and he's biracial. The, there's so much stuff that they're doing. They've got blood on their hands. Mm -hmm. So at some point, what you can't, I don't want to say get rid of the mill, uh, get rid of the press, obviously, but how are you going to hold these folks accountable for, or should, I guess you should just go after in, individual reporters, not so much CNN, for instance. Uh, because, example, Joe Rogan is took ivermectin to get rid of, yes. what, it helped him get over COVID. And everyone knows ivermectin is is given out by doctors to humans. But on CNN, MSNBC, Howard Stern, whoever, mm -hmm. they want to sit there and say, well, he's getting a horse drug, horse paste from the... So in turn, you have individuals who will listen to CNN. They're hearing that he's getting horse paste. Then they'll go down to the vet's shop or wherever to get that stuff. And then, so they're, so in turn, they're pretty much leading these people into that bad spot instead of saying, look, Ivermectin, that the guy who created it got, got a Nobel, Be Nobel Peace Prize, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's cured so much. It's just, you know, I don't, you know, I, I, how do you hold these folks' feet to the fire? Mm -hmm. And that's where, and in turn, once again, I don't, I can't sit here and say, oh, we've got a, get rid of the press but at the same time if i ran into a room mm -hmm. and go hey and holler fair and then everyone rushes out and tramples over people i get in trouble yeah. they're doing the exact same thing 24 hours a day seven days a week yeah. and they're getting absolutely nothing they're getting stupid emmys or book report or book deals yeah. and you know it's insane, yeah. you know. So in turn, you, when you talk about FBI should be dissolved, I, you know, the more as as sad as it sounds, the 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 country is right, and the government. But hey, you're going to have to let the whole thing topple because. If you get, unless you go in there and shut down FBI, CIA, look exactly, you know, and I can't sit here and say that Trump was my favorite by any stretch, but be it here or there, when he said, I'm going to go in there and drain the swamp, as soon as someone comes in who's not supposed to be there, mm -hmm. it was, you know, it was all hands on deck. And they were, you know, FBI was complicit, CIA, NSA, any government agency. Because people are, are from, because they're getting appointed from mm -hmm. the past and they're just still there. They might just be in a position of just, hey, I'm riding out till retirement. But then they have that, but then they don't like a guy. They can just, oh, we just have to do A, B, C, D, you know, making it harder, you know. But they don't want to talk about that. No. You know, so sadly, and I don't want to see the country tilt over. 
But the government's got to tilt over, I, I guess, in the end of the day. I don't know. I don't know how else do you fix it. Well, well, I feel there's a lot of ways you can fix it. But the one thing that I really do appreciate is that um, the masses are awake. Um, and President Trump literally woke up millions upon millions of Americans to tell you, you know, this is what's going on. And... I didn't understand it until he changed the Jerusalem um, to be, what is it, the capital of Israel? Right. And he, he put the embassy over there in Jerusalem. And I didn't understand until, like, these small things that he did. And I didn't know how many presidents have promised Israel this and never delivered. And President Trump had uh, a massive... Um, not party, but like a news press saying that here it is. This, here is the new embassy in Jerusalem and stuff like that. And then the peace signing agreements and stuff like that from Kushner and, you know, his daughter, uh, you know, trying to make things right in, in this world. But another thing that really got me uh, paying attention to what the heck is happening is when he got out of the Paris climate uh, deal because I knew from age nine that that was bull loading. It's all of this stuff is like trying to get world dominance into one action. And um, Stephen Crowder had a thing on the other day since like the forties, the climate, or oh, it's gonna melt, or it's we're overheating, or oh, we're gonna freeze. And, each, each decade, it was something different. And, and they brought kids in the 80s and 90s and stuff like that. And this girl that has Asperger's and that totally eats everything that is unhealthy, known to man, is a trash, disgusting person. And wait, she uses plastic. Oh, wait, she uses a fuel car, not a battery-operated car or electric car. And she has all the stuff that she's 112% against. And then she hates capitalism, but yet she's doing her own thing and giving speeches and stuff like that and making money. So people like that is just so over-the-top ridiculous to me. But um, I do feel that... Okay, so I was talking about Trump waking us up and changing and draining the swamp and stuff like that. And it was so interesting to see and, and hear that United States of America was for once in like 100 years or so energy efficient. And then it was like, we're not, take, we're not using a lot of carbons. We're not creating a lot of bad stuff for the environment and stuff like that. We're actually making it better, right? And I was like, wow, that's really cool. You know, you're really switching, you know, the switch up and changing the whole entire mindset of how we're doing business in the United States. Then when it came to uh, the, the extra taxes and stuff like that for um, shipments from China, I really got, I got interested in that and learning how China has been a dictator to the United States for so long, but I never looked at it that way. Mm -hmm. You know, I never looked at a lot of things the way that President Trump looked at them. Right. And then um, when he was trying to tell everybody, hey, 
the United States is paying so much to the UN and what do you guys really do? And the, I remember him saying like, Germany, you don't even, you're like five years behind or in debt to this, you know? And then it was like, I really appreciated that President Trump was pulling people out of Afghanistan and um, Iraq and stuff like that. Then I liked that I was really impressed how he dealt with uh, the Navy ships and how um, they were being misused, right? Uh -huh. Then uh, I felt like he totally remodeled, reshaped, remolded, recreated the United States Navy. And when I saw the ships, and I don't know if you've seen online the new JFK, um, I think it's C CVN, it's a nuke ship um, carrier okay. that took the place of my ship that was a non-nuclear. But um, like he totally changed the mindset of nationalism, but patriotism first, then nationalism and stuff like that. Now, what really gets me is it's been over 70 days since the Afghan uh, conflict happened, right? It could be 72 days now. I'm not, I'm, I may be mistaken there. Um, there, it now has come out that the families that are left in Afghanistan are not just Americans, but they're the military families that were there when their husband or their wife or whoever was in active duty there, they had brought their families there. Now I have been in the military and I didn't even know or even have any reasons why you would want to put your family in a war zone in Afghanistan, why you even want, you know, your children there. Mm -hmm. uh, that to me is really not very smart. I would want them, my family, if I was in war, to be in stateside versus anywhere else. Now, Japan has now changed their rules, and they will allow families to live with their sailors in Japan. And I didn't even know that they changed that rule, because in the early 2000s, uh, families in Japan, um, I guess if you were like higher-ranking people, you could do it, but versus lower-ranking people, no. And, um, and I understand that too. I don't think that was a prejudice thing. You know, if you're high ranking, that means you've been in the military or the Navy for a long time. And yeah, you deserve that perk. But anyway, um, I just feel that how, um, things are looking, right? We really, I feel no more. And it's really crazy because when I was reading all the CIA documents that had to be released and seeing some that were so redacted, it, w it was like you could only read the word the, next, what was the other document, this, <laughs> and everything else was in black. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. But it, it was like, and then when Space Force was created, right, mm -hmm. that was really an awesome thing but there was so many things oh the resolution or the uh the treaty with chile that was awesome that blew my mind right um we were in debt when obama first came into office so george bush really put a lot of debt into chile and then 2010 chile experienced um an earthquake that was on the 10.2 Richter scale. 
so it totally demolished um, the whole entire countryside of Chile. It was really horrifying. But um, now that it's 2021, um, hopefully, I don't think everybody's back, you know, being fully employed there after that uh, earthquake. But there was like historic buildings that have been there for thousands of years gone. And, um, but Chile, um, you know, rebuilt and stuff like that. But President Trump once again put light into that, you know. And it was just like a lot of things that um, are coming to light and you have to choose like what you're going to believe in. And when I hear some things from CNN, well, when I was active duty, they said that there, there was this conflict that was happening, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember calling my father and saying, um, I'm right here, dad. And I see three little birds. <laughs> That's it and some dry sand that's about it and i was like this this cnn has been lying from day one and they've been caught staging things right Right. they have been caught um with green screens and Mm -hmm. all this other stuff and i i remember this one person in england cnn was reporting something that was happening in england Mm -hmm. and there was this person that was like a youtuber uh, flipped the phone over and said, okay, uh, United Kingdom, I don't know if they said England or United Kingdom, uh, this is CNN, and they showed that they were acting, and, th- and then what really got us that was so hilarious, but not funny funny, was they said cut, because they saw somebody recording them, so they wanted to stop, right? Mm-hmm. Then CNN had these Iranian boys that were dressed in um, Muslim gear or Muslim dress, um, the religion of Muslims. Um, And then they had him smiling and then having him walk down into a uh, shallow grave. And then you see a reporter or somebody that's choreographing it pour ketchup on him and smearing it into his... uh, his Muslim wear of his, his clothing, his white clothing. Right. And um, that was a huge thing. Then it was just like CNN has been caught multiple times, like so many times. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yes, Fox News lies, you know, all the news lies. It's There's no, like, I feel like the best news is like what you said earlier is the independent news. Because the independent news, and when I say independent, I think of Stephen Crowder, Salty Cracker, uh, K.J. Osborne. Who other? Who are the people that you? Well, you to? have Tim Pool. You have oh, Alex. Pool. You have Alex Jones, and I know he oh, goes. Okay. Look, look, oh. Alex goes off. Yes, I love Alex Jones. He, I, I enjoy him. But he could cause you a mass depression. <laughs> but if you listen, like if he's by himself, he's fine. Yeah. And his screaming, but like. The other night he was on with Tim Pool. Um, uh, let's see, I think it's the, the guy with We Are Change, uh, Luke. Gosh, I can't remember now. There, there were several of them, and at, like Joe Rogan stopped by for a minute. But Alex gets so wound up, and he over he talks on like so like if me and you were talking, I'm making a point, and he just starts chiming in mm-hmm. and it like it becomes too like my mind just cannot handle it because it's just like 
I'm trying to listen to what this guy's saying, mm-hmm. but you're you're being so loud and overpowering, I can't. Yeah. You know, um, but you have them, and you know, and I think you know Glenn Greenwald. Uh, you know, because I like to have a little bit, like, how does a left individual think? How does a right individual think? Because I think really for, one thing what, what I was talking to, you know, we, we have candidate ran for city council. And I said, you know, as much as I wanted Caesar to walk in there and be Dr. No, like Ron Paul, because that's what they used to call him, because he would always vote no on so much bills, so many bills. I said, in reality, he can't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you've got to go in there and you've got to govern. You, you've got a homeless situation. Passing a bill to get make it illegal to camp on the sidewalks is not right. I mean, what? I think, what are you going to do with them afterwards? That I, I, So in turn, I'm not just going to go, okay, we're going to make it illegal to camp on the thing. But I don't have no follow through. So if I'm not making any type of things to get help, get them the treatment, get them the help, look at the laws that they pass that make it like I'm, I'm anti. Like I don't like slumlords. I think slumlords are, you know, they're they're no, they're horrible people. But I was talking to one guy. He said they serve a point in one aspect. It gives people who don't have no money a place to live that's not on the street. So then I'm having, so now it's like the Saddam Hussein. Mm-hmm. All right, we go in there and knock Saddam Hussein out, mm-hmm. which we did. But what did we do? We caused a lot of trouble. Now Syria's going nuts. You have Iran going nuts. When Saddam was there, who was a bad guy, he they all kept each other in line. You know? Yeah. So sometimes, or should you have to just say, uh, I've got to bite down a little bit and leave trouble leave that individual there mm-hmm. to keep somewhat control. Otherwise we get a madhouse. I don't know. So in turn, that's why I'm, look, and I'm not sitting here going, oh, let's have Tent City like out there in Los Angeles. No, 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 no. That's where I come from. We, <laughs> we need to honestly yeah. honestly have a discussion about it, but we need to figure out. Okay, so yeah, there's not a good solution. Right, and okay. I know that. So. so homelessness, this is one of my favorite topics to talk about because this was one of my employment jobs and passion when I lived in Los Angeles, California. I'm not going to bash Los Angeles because there's multiple nonprofit organizations that are specifically designed to help people that can't pay their rent because people here in Roanoke think their rent is high. You have no idea. You think Roanoke people here in Virginia have problems? You have no idea what problems are. When you have five people living in one apartment because rent is $2,400 a month for one bedroom, then, you're, you know, then that could be a problem, right? Mm-hmm. But there's so many things that, you know, go and play with homelessness. And a lot of people, they talk about it, but they don't do anything about it, is the mental illness part. Okay, there's a lot of people, and because America is America, we can't tell you, hey, you can't be homeless, you know? It's like, you're homeless because you made bad decisions, you're homeless because you want to live out in the wilderness, you have a right to live out in the wilderness, right? Then you have people that, okay, so I already said mental illness, um, other choices, like maybe they were, um, 
uh, let's just say, don't make enough money. They just don't make enough money. And then there's other people that don't want to work. So they don't want to work. They don't have family members that will take them in and take care of them. Or they do. And they said, you know what? You're 30 years old. You're living with your parents. You got to get out. You got to move out, right? And I mean, there's just so many reasons why homelessness even exists. So there is nonprofit organizations uh, all throughout the United States. But there's only specific places where they really shine and they really get things done. So the laws, I feel, are absolutely necessary because that is the framework that everybody else can work inside of. Okay, so the law is like if we're looking at a picture frame, it's the frame, right? It's, it's solid. It's the foundation. And then everything in the, in the center is the photo. And that just tells you like what options that you have, right? Everything, like here, you have uh, the Goodwill. Now, the Goodwill is, an, uh, it is a pro... Okay, one part of it's a nonprofit organization because it allows veterans and homeless people and people that are coming out of jail and prison and people that are coming out of rehab to have training that is free. And, and it's not by... Um, I don't think they're government funded. I, w I don't know. I would have to do some research on that. But uh, so the goodwill is one one thing that is solid throughout the United States. And they train people, but they also help people that have mental illness. Okay. So that is one thing. If you are raped, molested, um, you're going to have issues. You're going to have a mental um, issues. If you are a person that is depressed, uh, a person that, you know, uh, feels that no one loves you, you're neglected or what, whatnot, you're going to have mental illness, right? Regardless of the trauma that you have experienced, you are going to have, um, you're going to have mental illness. Everybody has it. I don't think, I don't, I don't think I've ever met anybody that doesn't have, you know, something that they experienced that was very traumatic to them. And a lot of things that we're seeing here in Virginia, it's, it's just, it, it can be nipped in the bud like today. And it, I feel like if I got out of retirement, that is, that would be my niche would to end homelessness here in Virginia, because <laughs> we don't have any reasons whatsoever for any homelessness here in the state of Virginia, how Virginia is set up. No, there's no excuse for homelessness here. You're going off of, um, oh, I'm trying to think of the highway by the Golden Corral. I-81 or 581? No, 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 on the other sides. Okay, so you have the airport, Golden Corral, and then this highway up here. But are you talking about the highway, like the a interstate? Road, a road, a road, a road Town, uh, Airport road? Peters yeah. Creek Road. Peters Creek Road. Okay, I think it's Peters Creek, but I'm not sure now. But anyway, there is a road that now is by Lowe's, and they have all these tree lines, and people are living in the tree lines. Okay, so what is wrong with homelessness? Okay, there's a lot of things that are wrong with homelessness. Okay, first, there's a lot of stress in being homeless. The stress is that you don't get beat up, you don't get raped, you don't get robbed, you don't um, get food. 
uh, you don't have shelter if it rains and all this other stuff, right? That's uh, the problems of homelessness, right? And a lot of people have said so many times to me, oh, about the diseases, blah, blah, blah. Okay, really? Okay, diseases are always going to exist, okay? Dirty people do not have diseases. Diseases do not work like that if you're dirty or clean and stuff like that, okay? Diseases come in when there's things that are moldy, when things that are like, you can have a house that has black, white, yellow mold in it that can kill, green mold too, that can kill you and you're not homeless. So you're carrying a disease in your house and it's just like, no. When you think that way, it doesn't even make sense to me. But uh, in Virginia, especially in, uh, I don't go through all the parts of Roanoke, Mm -hmm. Um, but the parts that I do go, because I like trying to figure out 10,000 ways to get to your house, right? right. Love that. Um, I got lost today, though. But um, so what happens is with the homelessness here can be knit in the bud by loss. I really, truly believe that. Now, with the rent here, um, I do see it escalating, and I don't understand why, right? I don't understand why you would have, there's nothing here in Virginia, in the area that we live in and reside at, that would encourage inflation, right? Now, see, in Los Angeles, right, you have so many things that can escalate in inflation, right? Right. And there's other things in California that the mental part was so bad that it just... It, it almost breathes a little bit, right? And I worked at the Weingart. I worked at for Veterans Resource Corps. And I also worked at Eric Garcetti's Veterans Affairs Office. So I do have, in a lot of way, experience. And I know what I'm talking about when it comes to mental illness and homelessness and stuff like that. But there's also veterans and people in general that... Um, They just don't want right. a place to live and they don't want to be affiliated or attached to what is happening. They want that freedom. And if you want to know what freedom is in people that have mental illness, freedom is no bills. That's what freedom is to them. Freedom to them is... Um, Oh, it's, it's, some of it's pretty scary, but it's just like, um, not everybody that's homeless has mental illness, but a lot of people that are, do have that. And the other aspect is people don't know how to manage and budget their money and then they become homeless. Right. Some people can't find a job and when they do, they can't mentally hold on to that job. I've seen people flip out on jobs and I'm like, I'm sorry, was that really stressful for you? Um, and like some people, we all have our different stress levels, right? Because of the traumatic things that we have experienced or whatever. Um, I married a man that can, whew, he has so much patience that it makes me mad when I'm mad because he's patient, right? And he's calm. But it was like, but that's people, you know? Um yeah, that, that's how I feel about homelessness. It is a very solvable, um, but it, it, 
like I would have to say fifty percent of it is mental illness. Right. And, and but you know, I know Doctor Drew, uh that gets, you might know him. He's he's been big on television and stuff, but I know one of his I think it was him who said, When did um when what when did be saying a sane asylum become bad or an asylum maybe not insane and uh because he talked about that there's a lot of times we had government ran asylums for individuals who they could just get their medication and they would they were fine they could but a lot of times people get thrown into jail they get they go homes they can't because they can't pay for their medication but if they could just get on their that the meds Mm -hmm. they would be good to go so i I do think but i do think we should in the 80s wasn't that well? Like, I think it's been that they were running for a long time. They started closing them down in the eighties, Well, because you had these idiot doctors that would take these kids and people that would start doing tests on them and things of that nature, and then you get a bad reputation. Instead of helping them, they're just like using them as guinea pigs. Yes. Uh, so in turn, well, we got to obviously a lot of pharmaceuticals uh, started in single asylum. So we need to get that stuff under control, but at the same time, instead of having a jail filled with mentally ill, if they can be productive in society, I have no, we, we, we got, I guess what I'm saying is that I think too often people from whatever line, if it's libertarian, if it's Republican or Democrat or whatever, uh, thought process you have, ideology, um, You've got when you walk in, you gotta just let everything go and let's put it on the table and see what makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then if it really okay, well, like for instance, a lot of libertarians don't like police for what or you know, there's several that but I don't want to say a lot that that be that's wrong. There are individuals within inside the libertarians that don't like police. They want to have uh, private security. Well, that's a cute thought. But if we were to right now shut down Roanoke City Police Department and have just private security, we would, it would be a complete, utter train wreck, okay? Um, so in turn, let's hear really, yeah, so in turn, let, let's, I want to hear all sides. What makes the most sense? What's not going to offend the, or what's not going to go inside someone's personal uh, freedom? Because in the end of the day, that's what I need to protect. I need to protect the individual freedom. Of the I person. did see an interesting side to the police. I'm not a big fan like I once was. I'll tell you that. I got a wake-up call. Um, in Boone's Mill, um, going, I went through a yellow light. And my OnStar said that um, I cleared before it turned red. Right. And I was like, okay, so I was going to get the video recording and send it to the court so they could view it to say that I didn't run a red light. And um, so now I will slam on my brakes and get in a car accident because these stupid police officers are just waiting for somebody to run a light. And it's like, um, they, they have triggers. Um, okay. So this is how traffic lights work in our side of the woods in Virginia. They, um, do a survey before they put a traffic light up and to see how much traffic goes through there just to see if they need an actual light. But then there's something that they put into 
the roads that people don't understand and they're tracking the speed that you're going through there not just how many cars goes through there they're also tracking the speed now when the actual road is being paved or whatnot and the lights are going up there's a sensor and the sensor is about maybe a half a mile from the light itself if you're going 55 and it's going to be coming to a 35 and they have a light um, if you hit a certain point let's say you're about 900 feet from the light and you're slowing down from 55 to 35 because I think that's what it is in Boonsville because uh, you're going from a highway to into a town so that's why it's high and then really uh, low um, speed limit so there's a sensor that tells you or tells the police that someone is speeding into where it's going to be turning 35 so I feel like the police are aware of what's happening, right? And then um, the only reason I went through that yellow light was, oh, I had a big red truck behind me, like a semi-truck kind of thing. No, um, a truck that does like uh, dirt okay. for like uh, a construction site. And so I was like, ah, because I normally would slow down on yellow because it's going to tell me red. But I saw that truck and I was like, no, there's no way. I got pulled over, and uh, it was really nasty. It was really mean. And uh, I don't know. I just felt like I had the proof and evidence that I didn't do the red light. But they gave me a courthouse, and it wasn't even the right one. So all my proof and evidence doesn't mean anything. I had to suck it up and take the ticket. Even though I was innocent and I had proof from, uh, I, I drive a nice car and in my car it has uh, cameras, the front, the top, and the back in case somebody hits me. Right. right. And um, it also has a thing that I guess tells you what the temperature is and all that other shenanigans. A lot of crap that you don't really need, but whatever, right? Right. So I was... I remember telling my husband I was so pissed that I actually have proof that I didn't do what the police said I, the police that I did. And then I'm just thinking of all the people that are still in jail from January 6th that didn't do anything wrong, just was there, right? That are in prison. And I was like, okay, I'm being ridiculous. But, you know, still, I have evidence and proof that, you know, and it was just like, whatever. Right. But I just feel like the FBI sucks. And the police are look. Not, I, they're lining up with these people that some, are just some do, some don't. And, and well, in at the, the end, White House, when the, uh, right? Well, that in the end of the day, Capitol Police. That's what they're in, in the end of the day. I would prefer to have a police department here because yes, if there yes. is a murder, like just down the street from me, a guy got shot. What? Uh, yeah, down on Williamson Road, he got shot and he died. Well, guess what? I don't want my neighborhood to form a posse to find the individual that did it. I'd like it to be, let's, let's see what happened. Let's know. So that way we're not stomping through all the evidence. You know, that's what really, when I see it, that's what's going to turn into. Okay. So that's people what we're are just, different. People that's are going to stomp through the evidence and then, yes. oh, well, how am I going to 
this blood's been tracked all over the house because you've been, you know, yeah. you showed up before church to go <laughs> do your, you know, your CIS or CSI stuff. Right. So. Okay, so, okay, so I, I understand what you're saying, but then I just have this little bit inside of me that says being a vigilante, being an individual, being in a mob or whatever you want to say, for something positive, I'm down for it. No, if it's a positive thing, yeah. and see, you can... But there's another thing too, right? Okay, so this... Oh, I'm rolling away here. Uh, so this is another thing, okay? So every movie that you have ever watched, we hate the police. I never understood why. And I was watching uh, some action movies, right? And they're always blowing up or flipping over police cars and doing all this other stuff, right? And I'm thinking, wait, were we designed to hate cops from the very get-go, right? And um, that was just a that was just a weird thing that I was pointing out. But um, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the police. And my cousin, uh, one of my favorite cousins, um, literally got out of the police force. And it was just like, I have mad respect for him. You know, that was one thing that they said in the Navy. Um, in our P days, P days means processing days when you're becoming from a civilian to an actual uh, sailor. And what happened was this guy that was like nine feet tall and a string bean comes in and tells it, the best advice I'm going to give all of you is get out of the Navy once it's no longer fun for you. Because once it's no longer fun, you become like a bitter housewife. And you make the Navy suck for everybody else you're around. <laughs> that is no lie. That I am. I've been out of the uh, Navy for so long, and I still remember boot camp. I still remember that guy. I still remember my processing days, my P days, when I was a Smurf, and it was I. That just got me, and I feel like I use that in everything I do. But that's a that's you no know, for life. If you if you're doing something, we were just talking about that before we even started recording. Mm -hmm. If you don't like something, just yeah. stop going. Because what will happen is you become a well, you yeah. can become a cancer to that organization. But guess what? We are creatures of habit, and that is something that's crazy. Because um, I was I shared a video clip. Uh, YouTube short clip thing mm -hmm. and a guy was explaining about prison and about cities being uh, community prisons right they don't ever want to leave their community blase 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 right and it was crazy because it was like well I grew up here in Virginia I didn't feel like I had a bad experience in being raised here no. but I always you know, wanted to go other places. Well, obviously, I joined the military. I'm going other places, right? But it was like, um, am I one of those people that are coming back to their original origin of prisons? But it was crazy because, like, I see the mentality of city people mm -hmm. from Los Angeles, California. I see the mentality of people from Northern California, Sacramento. Oh, my gosh. The people from uh, Compton, all the way down from San Francisco to San Diego. Everybody has a different mentality, right? But the coolest people I've ever met are Virginians, 
I, I don't know why. I guess, and, and it is funny because when I came back to Virginia, my back to my origin of where I grew up at, right? It's right. completely destroyed, demolished. It looks so hideous. So when we were talking about community and stuff like that, well, back in the day, because climate was so important all the time, uh, we had a day that we actually went out to our communities and we planted trees that looked like sticks that probably would never make it, right? Right. Well, at the end of my graduation, before uh, I actually joined and went to boot camp, um, they were grown. They were beautiful. Right. And then I remember coming back uh, to visit my family from uh, graduation well, after school. Then I came home and uh, they were getting bigger and they were blossoming and all this other stuff. Right. So come home to visit once again. Right. And uh, I noticed every single tree cut down. All the flowers go. Everything that looked beautiful, mm-hmm. and that was one thing that I realized. Conservative people like beauty, physical beauty, right? Um, the other side of the fence, not so much. And it's really weird because I feel that we're all visual creatures, right? We're all we're all physical. We're all uh, we like to you know hang out. We like to be together in groups, right? And all this other stuff, but what was really crazy was that um, just seeing, and I think that's why I like living here too. We got all the beautiful trees in the the medians uh, going towards the VA, or clinic, or whatever it's called, and uh, there's all these beautiful trees. And that's I feel like that's my childhood, right? Because I remember planting those little sticks, right? And uh, I feel like. Stuff like that is very important, but I don't know in my mind if I was raised to make to feel that that is important, or you know, flowers should be needed and stuff like that. But I will tell you this: you want to hear something crazy? Okay. So in Grandin, in Grandin Extension, right? Mm-hmm. There's houses that have flowers and American flags and little cute little pumpkins and turkeys and all this other stuff for Thanksgiving in the fall season and stuff like that. Here on the East Coast, we celebrate all the seasons. But anyway, and then there's houses that are just grass and house, right? And uh, I was doing, I was helping, you know, campaigning and stuff like that, right? And uh, I would not go to a house that had nothing on it, right? And uh, so going back to Manassas, Virginia, right? Mm-hmm. When I saw that, it, and what I experienced there was socialism mentality as well as Democrat, you know, mentality of liberal to the 10th power kind of extreme kind of deal. Right. Versus the people that want to talk to you are the ones that have the little pumpkins and the little flowers and stuff like that. And I feel like that's something uh, put in the generations. And I I can't explain it other than that, because when I was growing up, uh, wildlife and trees and flowers, that was very important in my childhood. I mean, they have programs 
Um, I don't even know if 4-H still exists. Do you know? I, I think they do, but it might be very similar to the Boy Scouts, which is a dying, dying breed. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. I mean, and I and I feel for the Girl Scouts because they came out and um, they were like, you know, you guys couldn't balance your own books, so in turn you started stealing their clients pretty much because, you know, you had the Girl Scouts, you had the Boy Scouts. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I get how some of the Girl Scouts probably would want to go camping and things of that nature, mm-hmm. so maybe the Girl Scouts should have tried to fix it so you bring... Well, you know, you bring in uh, a little more activities and not just staying inside a house or whatever the case might be. But you know, uh, we, but we I'm did, just saying. We used to do a lot of but I'm, I know, I know they did, and I know some troops do. Yeah. But I'm just saying that if you really, th- if you, if people write down what's the Boy Scouts do, what the Girl Scouts do, you got yeah. the Boy Scouts going out rafting and doing camping and being this uh, doing all this fun outdoors activity and then you really we don't do know arts what arts and crafts yeah <laughs> you, you, have, you have arts and crafts for for girl scouts yeah. and that's not taking anything away because i think what really happens is a lot of times people will hear that and think one's not better than the other one yeah. you know you need you know it's almost like everything you need Okay, uh, well, we're going to be wrapping it up. I have some things going on uh, afterwards. So we'll go on and call it. And uh, thanks for coming over. And we'll do this. God bless you and thank the Lord for Kyle. (laughs) All right. Till next week. Later.